My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 53 of The Kate Show. Guys, today we're talking all about words and how they apply to your marketing. And if you are not a writer, this episode is going to be especially helpful and crucial to you because words can make or break your marketing, whether those words are in your email newsletter, a social media post, or on your website. And of course, blog posts and print materials as well. But we're going to be talking mainly about the words on your website, social, and email marketing because those are the three hottest things right now and the three biggest things that you should be doing or using to market your business in the home industry. You guys remember that saying, a photo is worth a thousand words? Well, here's the thing a thousand words are worth a million photos. We have the ability to create emotions in our readers, paint pictures, attract them, or push them away. And after listening to this episode, I hope that you will be able to understand that words truly and deeply matter. And if you're able to, while listening to this episode, bring up your website homepage or your recent email newsletter, or hop over to your social media and look at the posts that you have put out recently. Because you need to start comparing what you're writing and putting out there against the rules I'm going to give you. And yes, they are rules because if you don't follow them, your marketing will suffer. And I have seen this after working with hundreds of interior designers, home stagers, and workrooms. So believe me when I tell you, this episode is going to change your marketing. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. Before I dive into all of my rules and tips and suggestions for you, I want to establish something here. I'm not just talking about the verbiage of marketing because I'm a marketer but also because I'm a professional writer and a published author, and I have written books for other people, not just myself, that I guess you would call a ghostwriter. And after doing so much writing, whether it was fiction or nonfiction or a memoir, I have been able to fully understand the impact of the right word and the detrimental effects of the wrong word, and the importance of having the right mindset when you're writing anything, even if it is a simple headline for your website. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, I want to describe to you something that I recently saw. So I know someone who just started a business and they are pretty excited about this business because aren't we all, but they made a few terrible, terrible mistakes on their new website. And obviously I'm not gonna go around giving free advice and I'm still not sure what I would say if they came to me and asked because there is a chance that will happen. I'm somewhat close to them. But here's the thing. On their website, they talked all about how much money their customers could save with them. Now, they're not a buying agency, so that's really not the right thing to lead with. Reason being, whatever idea you lead with shows where your heart is really at. And to a certain extent, I get it. Newbies in business will often lead with price because number one, they're focused on making that first sale. 
And number two, they think their client is motivated by price. But the truth is, guys, price is not a selling point. It's really an afterthought. If you're wondering whether or not you are leading with price in your business, just ask yourself a few questions. Number one, do you offer a free consultation? If so, that means that you are leading with price because you are saying, hey, it's free, which also equates to, hey, I'm cheap. And that will result in you attracting a lot of bargain hunters and other people who just like free stuff. But as we all know, you get what you pay for. And if you're not paying for it, chances are they're not going to value it, even if what you gave them is something that you could have charged for. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a discovery call, a 15 or 20 minute gig where you can chat with someone to determine if they're a good fit for you. But when you are going to someone's home or their real estate listing and providing a consultation, you have to remember that your time is worth money, but charging for a consult is not actually leading with price. It is leading with value because your intention there and the message that you are sending subliminally is, I'm valuable. You're going to benefit from me. It is worth you writing that check or swiping your credit card. And you know, in all fairness, price was really hard for me in the beginning of my business too. I felt guilty about charging for my services as many of you do. I was terrified at the idea of increasing my prices, but when I got working with a good business coach, whom you all know is Michelle Williams, I started to understand that if I was providing the quality, then the price increase was totally justifiable and I had no reason or right to feel guilty about it because I was leading with quality, not with price. Now, I'll get off that high horse for a second because we need to talk about something else here. The other big mistake that newbies will make and I've seen again and again in the home industry is instead of leading with price, they lead with what they know best themselves, whether it's them personally or their business. And the problem is when it comes to marketing, everything that you write should be about your target client. It should not actually be about you. So if you can, I want you to pull up the homepage of your website and look at the very first statement, headline, or sentence on there. If it says something to the effect of interior design services, so on and so forth, if it says something to the effect of what you offer or who you are, instead of how it applies to your ideal client, you're making a mistake. Now, I've had to correct this in my own business so many times because it's very easy to just lead with what we're most familiar with. But that's why I've had to change headlines on my several websites. So if you go to socialitevault.com, you'll see that it actually leads with a testimonial from one of my happy customers. I don't lead with, I'm a marketer. I don't lead with, I do social media or I offer email newsletters because who cares? Nobody cares. You guys don't care. But if I instead lead with verbiage from one of you, one of your own kind, then follow it up with marketing tools for home pros, that changes the game. Because now it's not really about what I'm offering. Because if I were offering generic marketing tools to any business owner, it would not have the same impact. But because I am offering these marketing tools specifically for 
the stager, the designer, and the workroom, suddenly it becomes personal, especially since I led with that testimonial. How does this apply to you? Well, you don't have to lead with a testimonial on your site, but you need to make it abundantly clear what your site is for and who it's for within that first headline statement or sentence. So it could be interior design for bachelors. It could be home staging for vacant listings because that narrows down your focus and it makes it about something else. You're literally saying this is for so-and-so instead of saying, listen to me, listen to how great I am, all the awards I've had, how many years I've been in business. Because quite honestly, guys, again, people do not care about that until they understand that you care about them. I see a very similar situation happening in other places on a website. And I will get asked occasionally, okay, Kate, I get it, but at what point do I get to talk about myself or my business? I want people to know what I do and I want them to know that I have the experience or the credentials or the awards because I feel like that would be important to them. And you're right, you know, some of that is important to them, but it's not the most important thing. So to answer the question, what page of your website gets to be all about you? Well, none of them, quite honestly. Even your about page needs to be written from the perspective of a potential client reading it so that when you're talking about your education and experience and so on, it is done from the position of you're not trying to impress anyone. You're trying to build that trust factor so that when that person hires you, whether it's a bachelor or the stay-at-home mom or whoever your target client is, they are comfortable with you because you've already proven to them that you do know them. You are familiar with their struggles and this is how you resolve those problems they're facing in their spaces. This can also be done in workrooms because if you are working to the trade only or if you're just retail or you're doing both, you can speak to that and explain why you work trade only or why you work retail and what that process is like and what your clients feel like before and after working with you and what it's like to have that finished product in your home or the feeling that your investors or your builders or your realtors get when their listing sells in a matter of 48 hours after you staged it. You need to sell the emotion the price doesn't matter. Your experience is not as important as you would think. Although, yes, of course it is important. You just can't lead with it. You need to lead with the fact that you understand your ideal client and you've already got a story about what their experience will be like when they work with you. When you employ this philosophy, even on your about page, it means that you get away from a, the very scary tactic of saying you are the only person who does this side of the other thing, because the truth is you're not the only one. And if somebody reads that and knows you're not the only one, you're just going to look kind of silly. Besides, being the only one is not a selling point, but being the best and proving that you're the best because you understand your ideal client, that is a selling point. However, as we all know, walking around saying you're the best, not a right way to do it. We all remember that one kid from school who thought they were just hot stuff and let everybody know it, but they never uh, really explained why they thought they were such hot stuff. 
And the truth is, nobody shared their opinion. So make sure that you're not making that mistake on your about page especially. Yeah, you can talk about yourself, but talk about it from the perspective of why someone should care. So if you are working with that stay-at-home mom as an interior designer, and you happen to be a mother, share that because that puts you on common ground with them. But if you are focusing more on the type A career woman who has chosen not to grow a family, even if you have kids, make it a simple little sentence towards the end because you don't need to highlight the fact that you have this glaring difference from them. Because as we all know, just because you might have kids and your ideal client does not, it does not lessen your ability to serve them really, really well. When it comes to home staging, this is a little bit of a different tactic because as home stagers, you guys are serving somewhat, yes, the homeowner, but what I've seen a lot of you guys do is go after the realtor, the investor, the builder, and that's really smart because those result in long-term relationships where you get constant new business. It's just the smart thing to do as a stager. But that also means that you need to understand what's important to these people. And I know that every stager out there understands, yes, we need to make sure that we are selling listings quickly and for top dollar. But it's more than that. It's You need to look beyond that one sale. You need to ask yourself, what do these professionals in the real estate industry actually want? Well, in my experience of speaking with these people and being the daughter of a real estate agent, I know that these people want financial freedom. They want multiple income streams. They want to be well-known in their community. They want to have influence. They want to have that prestige. They want to become known. They want that actual real estate empire. Every single one of them. Some may want a small empire. Some may want a big one. But you need to understand that that's important to them. And when I was writing website copy for a home staging site that we recently did, I focused exactly on that. So I'm going to read to you what I wrote for this home staging company. On their homepage, I used the headline, maximize your real estate investments. That's the very first piece of text on this entire site because it speaks to these people. They want to maximize their investments. That is the whole purpose of home staging. Then I followed it up with this. Are you building an empire through real estate investments or new home construction? Being able to sell each home for maximum price in as few days as possible is the difference between making a living and creating exponential success for yourself, your company, and your family. At this staging company, our goal is to make each listing look its best for MLS photos, walkthroughs, and open houses so that you can attract competitive offers and sell to the highest bidder. Now, do you guys notice I didn't actually say a whole lot about that staging company in particular? I spent time painting a picture for their ideal client saying, this is what we're gonna help you do. Now, I went on to say this, vacant homes sell slowly unless they're staged. Today's buyers expect to purchase homes in perfect move-in ready condition. As accredited staging professionals, our expertise produces results. We view properties through the buyer's eyes and will convert your investment into a beautifully staged space that speaks directly to the future homeowner and invites them to pull out their wallets. Now again, 
we talked a little bit about this is what we'll do as a home staging company, but it was never something like, oh, we're going to bring our decor and our furniture and we've got this warehouse. This is what we're going to do. No, it continued to paint that picture. We'll convert your investment into a beautifully staged space that speaks directly to the future homeowner and invites them to pull out their wallets because that is what the real estate agent or the investor or builder wants. That is why it's important to paint the picture and describe the story or the experience that someone will go through when working with you. I'm also going to share with you guys the verbiage that I put on the introduction to this home staging company's about page because I want you to understand the importance of being able to talk about yourself in a way that doesn't sound selfish and in a way that continues to paint a picture for your ideal client. So I'm going to paint the picture for you guys here First of all, on the about page, I've got the image of my clients or the home stagers. And below that, I have the introduction to their staging company. Beneath that, I have their two individual bios. And each bio reads like a story. And it shows their heart and their passion for staging, which really honestly inspires their ideal client because who doesn't want to work with someone who is so fired up about what they do that they would do it in their sleep if they could. All right, so here is the introduction that I wrote for this company. The headline is how you'll benefit. Again, it is about the client, not about the stager. As you navigate and grow your real estate empire, you'll need partners who work with you regularly to ensure that each listing looks beautiful, sells quickly, and yields a significant return on your investment. Our goal is to become your long-term partner in real estate. As we hold ourselves accountable and prove ourselves to be trustworthy, we commit to communicating openly with you and treating each project like a standalone work of art. We use home staging as more than just a way to add furniture or decor to a vacant house. We combine psychology, sales tactics, and proven real estate strategies to attract motivated buyers who can afford your price point. And we would be thrilled to partner with you on your next listing. Now I could keep reading, but I'm going to stop there because that is how you talk about yourself in a way that actually makes it all about your ideal client. That is how you write copy that converts. So it's all about your mindset. If you don't have the wording perfectly, if you uh, have inappropriate punctuation or grammar, those things can be fixed, but you have to make sure the mindset is right because if the mindset isn't right, you've got to start all over. Now, I do want you guys to know that this is a website my team and I designed. And when we design sites, we write all the copy because it is so important. It's also really important for SEO. So we're appealing to your ideal client and to Google. And that's what you need to be doing if you end up writing your own website copy, your own social media captions, your own newsletter, your own blog posts. It needs to be all about your client and not about you. This idea also extends to your how we work page or your process page or your services page because you can list your services but they need to be positioned in a way that makes sense for your ideal client. So if your client is dealing with overwhelm make sure you address how your services reduce the overwhelm or the stress or you take away all the to-do lists and the time that they would have to do on their own. So think about what's important to your client and then show them how you alleviate it. Same with your how we work or your processes page. Take them on a journey, a hypothetical journey of what it would be like to work with you and make sure you include how they're going to feel 
before, during, and after, because that paints the picture, and those emotions and relationships are what sell. Hey guys, just popping in here quick because I've got a question for you. Do you have a business partner? Do you have someone who is helping your business move the needle forward every single day? Well, if you're still looking for that special someone, look no further than Nancy Ganzikoffer. She's a business coach for interior designers and other creative entrepreneurs. Nancy understands the unique challenges you face when pursuing your dreams, and she'll help you develop your business identity, set goals, and manage your time. Now, if you're not part of her Facebook group, Actionable Entrepreneurs, you'll want to get in there right away. Nancy's there every single day, giving tips, support, and lessons to keep you taking action and moving forward in your business. Now, if you're ready to take a giant leap forward, get on her calendar for a strategy call. It's 50 minutes of straight business coaching, and you'll leave that session with clarity, goals, and a direction towards growth in your business. Head over to businesscoachnancy.com forward slash consult. Now let's talk about how this idea of talking about your client without focusing too much on yourself applies to social media and email marketing. First, social media. You guys know if you've been listening to the podcast for a month or less that I encourage you to get personal on social media. I encourage you to share photos of your work, yourself, your family. They can be candid. They can be professional lifestyle photos. I encourage you to tell your stories and tell the why behind what you do, what you do. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with that, but anyone who does do that, whether they took my advice or finally decided to do it because enough people told them to, they always see amazing results. But here is the thing. It's actually an act of unselfishness to show up on social media like that because it's uncomfortable and it's letting people see another side of you beyond just the professional business owner. And that is what people want. That helps build trust and relationships. And as you've heard me say a million times before, relationships sell. And so do those emotions that you create in people when you share something and they're allowed to say, hey, me too. I went through that. I lost a spouse or I have a difficult teenager or I love my dog too. Those things are what connect you to other people. They are what make you human. And you can talk about yourself in a way that is not self-deprecating. <laughs> I cannot talk today, guys. And in a way that is totally unselfish, totally not bragging about anything and just living life with people. Now, you also need to make sure that what you're writing on social media, aside from yourself, is equally unselfish. This means that you wouldn't be constantly talking about a sale or a promotion, and unless it's the holidays and you want to post about it once or twice, but you need to do it tastefully because these are real people who are seeing your posts. They are not little buying machines that you can just say the right words to and then they'll give you money. No. You've got to look at social media as a long-term relationship. How you treat them and what you say and how you say it really matters. This doesn't mean your social media captions have to be a mile long, but they do need to be a little bit more than, hey, look at this pretty space, especially if it's a space that you designed. 
If you designed it, then make sure you tell the story behind it, even if it's just three sentences. You could explain this client was struggling with X, so I provided Y, and now she has Z. That is a mini story, and it's more impactful than just saying, oh, I like the subway tile we put in here. Okay, remember, tell the story. If you're sharing an image of a space that isn't your work, that's when you can get away with saying things like, I like this about this space, or check this out. But you've got to make sure that when it's really your content, you put your heart and soul into it, because you're going to get out of it what you put in. This philosophy also means that you don't need to be and shouldn't be posting on, say, Instagram every day if you just don't have anything to say. Oftentimes, though, when we run out of things to say, it's because we have forgotten who our ideal client is. So I'll be honest with you. Sometimes when I sit down to record a podcast episode, I sit here for like 5, 10, 15 minutes, and then I get up and get some tea, and then I come back, and then I just procrastinate some more because I'm not really sure what to say to you guys. But then I start taking my own advice, and I think, okay, Kate, think like your ideal client. What are they struggling with right now? What have you seen them complain about on social media? What is it they need from you? What questions have people been asking you over the past week? And those tactics are very applicable to you as well. What sorts of emails have your clients been sending you? What questions do they have? What hangups do they have? What are some things that might prevent people from wanting to work with someone like you? You can address those issues head on on social media and anywhere, quite honestly. That will build trust and help your ideal client see that you really do understand them. And I want you to know these ideas and tactics for coming up with what to say on social or any part of your marketing really work. You want to know how I know? Well, anytime I sit down and ask myself, what should I talk about or what should I say? And I think about what you guys need and then I go with that, even if I really wanted to talk about something else. The results I get, the feedback I get always make it worth it because I will have people commenting on social saying, I needed to hear this right now. Thank you. Or this is so relevant to me. This is so timely. And guys, if I talked about everything that I just want to talk about, you guys wouldn't be that interested. This podcast wouldn't be in the top 200 business of iTunes. You know, it wouldn't because that would make it all about me. But this podcast is not about me. It's about you. Now, ironically, it is called The Kate Show, but I did that for some branding. But it is all about marketing for you guys, not about me rambling about things I'm frustrated about or things that I like. So make sure that you aren't falling into that same trap as well. And then just stop stressing about what you're going to say. And if you haven't got anything to say, truly, you don't have to say anything. Now let's talk about how this philosophy applies to email marketing. First of all, if you're not sending a monthly email newsletter, you absolutely should be because email marketing is the end of the sales funnel. It's where people start converting from being interested to working with you or working with you again if they are a past client. It also helps keep you top of mind. So you need to remember that. You've got to be doing it. If you can't afford to do anything else with your marketing, at least do that. And if you think you don't have a big enough mailing list to do it, just, well, if you've got a couple dozen people, you've got enough to do it. So no excuses, all right? Okay, now, the content you put in your email newsletter is going to determine the effectiveness of it along with the consistency. So we've already established you should be sending it once a month because any more 
or any less will have negative impacts for you. So what should you be saying? Well, remember, your email newsletter is not a place where you talk about your recent vacation, your personal updates, promotions you have, or list all your services. Because quite honestly, nobody cares enough to make a decision to work with you based off of that. Your email newsletter should be straightforward, to the point, easy to navigate. It's best if it's like single columns, maybe have two columns in one section, but don't make their eyes bounce all over the place with different colors and fonts and columns because that makes people work harder and that's what you don't want. Because even though you may love the way it looks, in the end, it comes across as you are more concerned with the aesthetic than you are with helping the client. Now, when I create email newsletters for Socialite Vault and all the home pros that we have in that membership, I do care about the aesthetic. I care about it so much. I love beautiful things. I love professional things. But I also understand that there is a certain layout and a certain length that you have to adhere to in order to make sure your emails keep getting opened, replied to, or clicked. So you need to make sure that you don't have too much text in your email newsletter. You need to make sure your images are not too big because then they may have a problem getting delivered. You need to make sure that what you're writing about is applicable to what your ideal client needs to hear. It could educate them. So you could give interior design tips on remodeling a kitchen or it could inspire them. You show photos of a recent kitchen project you did, or you can include those two in the same newsletter because they totally make sense together. You can, as a home stager, give staging tips because your real estate agents are not gonna necessarily go out there and start implementing your staging tips, but they're gonna realize that you really do know what you're talking about. And when they need to hire a stager, you'll be the first one they think of because that's just how it works. And I want you guys to remember that email marketing is 40 times more effective than Facebook. So after I just got done talking about Facebook and Instagram and what you should and shouldn't be saying, if that stressed you out in any way, you definitely need to give email marketing a chance because it is more effective, it's easier, it's a once a month thing versus several times a week. When you're writing the content, for an email newsletter, you need to make sure that you're not talking about a service that you would never offer. So if you do not offer window treatments, then don't talk about it. If you don't offer e-design, don't talk about it. That will just confuse people. Whatever you talk about in your newsletter, you need to be prepared to deliver on. So when I write these newsletters for stagers, designers, and workrooms, they're all very tailored. And I honestly, I get all the ideas from my members because they request different topics and run with them and use them and, re and get their results from them. But it's because I'm listening to them, so I'm not being selfish, and they're getting their topic ideas based off of what their clients are asking them, which means they're not being selfish, which in the end means that the marketing content I'm creating for them actually works. But it's because of that collaboration. So if you're having someone else do your newsletter or you're doing it yourself, you need to make sure you're always thinking like that ideal client, making sure you stick to one topic per newsletter, making sure you don't have too many sections and colors and fonts, Think clean and crisp, okay? Those are the words that I feel I have been the hallmark of the past year because anytime a designer or a stager especially comes to me, and even some of you window treatment pros, it's very interesting. You all use the same phrase. I want something clean and crisp. 
And that is amazing because those things are effective. It highlights the text that you do have. It highlights the images that you do have in there and makes it more impactful, especially since every newsletter needs some sort of call to action and you don't want to bury that call to action with a bunch of pretty graphics. Now, all of this being said, guys, I know that writing is not the easiest thing in the world for a lot of people. In fact, it's something that while I have a natural gift for it, sometimes I even hate it too because it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of time. And that's one of the reasons why I started Socialite Vault because I realized there was such a need for quality marketing verbiage, but nobody had time to write it. So when I created the newsletters and the branded magazines and the lead magnets that already had the text in them that you guys could change, it's become a total game changer. So if you struggle with writing or you don't mind it, but you just don't have time for it, you should go get a 14 day free trial at Socialite Vault. I mean, I'm just saying, you've got nothing to lose. And even if you decide to continue doing 100% of your own marketing, I don't want you to forget the things I've shared with you today because they will make or break your marketing. You could have the most beautiful images, the most wonderful and expansive portfolio, but if your words are not right, your message will fall flat and your SEO will suffer. And then you'll wonder why the heck all your hard work and marketing is not panning out. So bringing this full circle, guys, words matter and you matter enough to go look at your marketing and adjust as needed. This isn't something you should put off. It's something you should do now, especially if you're trying to figure out a marketing plan for 2019, trying to figure out where you need to adapt and improve. This is one of them. And after working with hundreds of businesses in the home industry, it is a very, very deep need. All right, guys, I've talked long enough. If you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram at KateTheSocialite. Head over to KateTheSocialite.com or SocialiteVault.com. You can find me just about anywhere. Send me your questions. I would love to speak with you. Until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.